This is Two Balls, One Basket with Jordan Alfasa. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Balls, One Basket podcast, a podcast of the Playbook Sports Network. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at PlaybookTweets underscore and to visit our website, myplaybookie.com. As always, I'm your host, Jordan, and with me today is new contributor for the Playbook Sports Network, Brandon John, a.k.a. Taskmaster. How are you, my guy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? You know, I'm good. It's late. You kept me up late for this, but it's going to be a good pod, <laughs> so let's do it. Yeah, I'm excited. So... What you do for us is you're going to do fantasy basketball. You're going to give us some nice basketball stats to post out. We're going to have some graphics made. And so far, you're absolutely killing it. Uh, thanks, man. I, I'm just happy to contribute somewhere, man. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's a, fun, it's a fun pickup for us. And last week, you made your NBA top 25 players list. So today, we're going to break that down. Sounds good. I'm, I'm ready to do it. You better because you got some smoke for it. So let's back it up now. <laughs> of course. So we'll start with your top five. So you have Giannis Antetokounmpo at one, Nikola Jokic at two, Steph Curry at three, Luka Doncic at four, and LeBron James at five. Let's hear what you got to say about it. Well, so I I decided to go Giannis over. I know Jokic has been like the reigning MVP and everything. But I got to credit Giannis's two-way play just to give him the nudge over. And the last time we saw him with like a healthy roster, he did take his team to the finals and have 50 in a close-up game. So it's kind of hard for me not to give him a bump there. Jokic is a phenomenal offensive talent, probably the best offensive player in the game right now. It's probably between him and Steph, in my opinion. But Giannis's defense and what he can do on both sides of the court, I just had to give him the nod there. LeBron at five was kind of difficult. I didn't really know where to place. Like LeBron's a tough one to to place because um he's aging, he's getting older, he's getting more injuries, getting more banged up. But when he does play, he's still producing at a pretty high level, especially for the ages coming in. And I think he still provides a little more all-around game um than some of the guys further down the list than that. And then of course you have like the Steph Luca debate and I'm going to go Steph still over Luca. Um, I think his his performance in the playoffs kind of showed that he's still one of the best guys to to be at the top right now, especially shooting wise and what he what he just brings to a team on both ends of the court. He's underrated defensively, so that also gave him a little bit of a a nod there. Um I wouldn't be shocked though if by the end of the year that Luca is the better player overall just cuz Luca can do so much on the court and has so much pressure for him to to do. I think your top five is spot on. I have no questions about it. I think it's perfect. I like the order and I do agree with you. LeBron James is the hardest one to pick every year because you know, everybody comes, oh, he's getting older. And same thing with fantasy. It's like, do you want to draft him early in that first round, early in that second round? And you always pass on him. And then the team that beats you in the championship has LeBron. Has LeBron. Yeah. Even like, yeah, fantasy wise too this year, like he's dropped a lot. Like, He's going around like pick 20 right now. So like that's just telling you like how fantasy owners are kind of viewing him. They don't view him as a reliable uh, player anymore. That guy that's going to grind through like 70 plus games. They see him more of like a 65, you know, take his rest days now before he was going through the whole the whole season. No problem. 
Um, so we're seeing that that fall off. But for just a straight NBA top 25, I have to give him the nod there because when he plays, he's still one of the best. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you get LeBron James at pick 20, man, did you just get a fucking steal with that value? Exactly. Yeah. So maybe, you know, I do have one problem. I don't understand how Jimmy Butler's not number one, but <laughs> he's coming up. He's coming. He's coming. So we'll go through six to 10 now. So at six, you have Durant. At seven, you have Embiid. At eight, you have Jimmy Butler. Nine, Kawhi Leonard. And 10, Jason Tatum. Was it hard for you to put Kawhi in there, even though he hasn't played in a year? Yeah, so Kawhi, Kawhi like LeBron. Kawhi was probably the second hardest player for me to place because me personally, I'm a big, I'm big on Kawhi. Like I really like what he does. But the fact that he's just so banged up and this is now another injury that he's had to overcome is hard for me to kind of place him higher than I did. Um, again, he's one of those guys, like if this is a playoff list, he's probably in like my top five, like easily. But since it's a whole season and I got to factor that into things, I would I had to put him down a little lower than that. I put him ahead of Tatum, which, you know, I know some people would kind of would want Tatum ahead of Kawhi, but. I still see Kawhi as like the more efficient player and the one who can get it done when it when it matters the most. So I gave him a little bit of a bump there and just, you know, giving him the benefit of doubt of when he does come back from injuries like he did in 2019, even though he didn't play a full, like a full season, he was still very productive in the games he did play. Now, I, I totally agree with you that may, a lot of people are going to complain Jason Tatum may be too low on this list. I think he potentially may be a little too high. I, I like I really like Jason Tatum, but I feel like the media wants him to be better than he wants to be better, if that makes sense. That makes total sense to me. Like it's to put him ahead of like a guy like Dame and like even like a Harden who might be healthier this year is is really tough because those guys, even Jaw, like those guys really contribute and lead their team like throughout like they're the they're the leaders of their teams they're the offensive engines of their teams Tatum has always had like a little bit of a, a fallback with Jalen Brown and with Marcus Smart and I, like he has a good collective that he's playing with um some of those other guys don't have that same advantage right so me personally like Tatum can fall anywhere between like the 10 to 13 ish range just because those other guys as well they do so much for their teams on their own and I think Tatum just has a little bit more help than than them all right, well said. And now another one I want to get into is Durant out of the top five. You got anything to say about that? Durant is another – all these guys are tough, man. They're so banged up and they're getting older. So I kind of have to phase them down as they get older. Like I could have easily had even Embiid uh, ahead of Durant. But um, Durant, when playing – again, he's one of those guys when playing is a top is a top-tier player. Like you want him on your team. I think his defense sometimes goes a little underrated. Like he does provide good good things on the defensive end as well. Um, and he's a scoring juggernaut. Like you can't, you want a bucket, you go to KD type of thing. Um, I still prefer some of those other guys ahead of him playmaking a little bit better. Like I would prefer the Bra and Luka and Steph and Jokic in terms of playmaking. And I prefer Giannis's two-way ability over KD. Um, so I think at six is fine for him. Like he could, he'll easily probably be in, if he stays relatively healthy, he could easily be a top five, top three MVP candidate this year. So I'm not too, I'm not too worried where I placed him. And I completely agree with where Joel Embiid is. I think the only reason he can't crack that top five is just because he cannot stay healthy. 
But if yeah. he plays a full 82 games, you never know what the Sixers could do. Their ceiling is as high as it can get. And that's when the discussion comes. Can he crack that top five? Exactly. But Jimmy Butler, that's a good one because 17 on ESPN's power rankings is outrageous. I don't understand how these guys get paid to talk sports and watch sports. They watched this last postseason and they're still putting this guy outside the top 15. So give me your reasoning for putting him inside the top 10. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to me. Like even the guy that you see behind him, like Tatum, they play each other in the conference finals. And to me, Jimmy had some of the more standout moments in that series when it, when it mattered the most. He, he consistently brings it in the playoff. He had one, one little first round blip, which we're not going to speak on. Um, but outside of that, like he's always brought it in the playoffs. He, he He's on both sides of the floor. He's going to play make for you. He's going to score for you. And he turns it up another level when it matters. So it's hard for me not to place him in the top 10, especially when the guys around him are Tatum and Kawhi. Kawhi, who we don't know what's going to go on with him during the season. And Tatum, who still has a little bit more proving to do. He's gotten better playmaking Tatum, but I still need to see another step from him to really make me feel comfortable with me putting him ahead of a guy like Jimmy Butler. So now let's get into 11 through 15, which I actually really like. And I'm going to go, I want you to explain to me why you put them in this order, because I, I actually really like the order, but it's extremely up for debate. So oh, at yeah, 11, sure. you have Damian Lillard, 12, you have John Morant, 13, you got James Harden. 14, Anthony Davis, a.k.a. Street Clothes, and 15, you got Paul George. So tell me why why you have Dame over Jaw. Why do you have Anthony Davis that low? Let's hear it. So for Anthony Davis, I need to see him, like, play. <laughs> like, that's number one for him. I just need to see him play. Um, and the guys ahead of him, so Harden, Jaw, and Dame, like I said before, those are all guys who are, are the engines of their offense for their team. AD needs another guy to get him going type of thing. So I can't really put him put him in that same class with Dame, Jaw, and Harden. Jaw is emerging as a leader and as a focal point of his team. Um, Dame has been that guy for a few years, for countless years now. We've seen him wave by to number 15, PJ, uh, Paul George there. So uh, I had to put him up there. But yeah, for AD, I, I kind of kept him at 14 because he is a really good two-way player. He can score. He can defend virtually every position, but he's just not the engine that Harden, Jaw, and Dame are. So I had to kind of knock him down for that. That's the same way I kind of view PG. I see him best as like a, a 1B type player or a number two type player. And this is kind of where that started to lock in for me. Um, guys who can, you know, contribute at a very high level, um, play at a play two ways, um, but they're just not the guy that is really running your offense. We saw last year um, without Kawhi, uh, PG didn't have the same success that he did in previous years, even years with with um, Russ. Um, so yeah, I had to give him a little knockdown for that and place him at fifteen. Now between Dame and Jaw, that was one of the tougher debates I had. Um, because I think Jaw is really emerging as one of the elite uh, point guards in this league and still and one who can still be a true playmaker. Like we don't have too many true uh, point guards anymore. They're kind of phasing out. Jaw, I see, is a guy who can still be that, and he kind of showed that throughout the playoffs. But I had to give the nod to Dame, someone who's kind of done it time and time again. He just had an unfortunate year last year with his abdomen injury. So 
I kind of just gave him the bump for that. I think the Paul George and Anthony Davis explanations you gave are spot on. I think when those two are healthy, they're easily top 10, but what holds them back every year is injury. Like take Paul George, for example, you know, Indiana, he gets hurt. He doesn't look the same. Yeah. Goes to Oklahoma city that year, that first year was kind of shit. And then MVP season. And then he goes to the Clippers and he doesn't look that good. And then he starts to look real good. And as soon as that happens, boom, injury, injury. Yep. So same thing with Anthony Davis. I mean, this guy is just an animal, but he hurts himself every three weeks. He hurts himself going to the kitchen. Yeah, he's always hurt. And also with Anthony Davis, like we want to see him as a better shooter than he is. Like he had that one year in the bubble where he shot really extremely well. And we saw like the full potential of Anthony Davis and we haven't seen it since. <laughs> so it's kind of been a, it's kind of been an anomaly to me. So uh, yeah, we can't really view him in that same light that we want to view some of these top guys. You know, I, I don't understand how these NBA players, when you're getting hurt so often, there's got to be something wrong with the way you're training. I just don't understand how you don't change that. Like same yeah. thing with football and Christian McCaffrey, the guy's always hurt and he addressed it this summer and he changed the entire way he trains. Exactly. I think that's a step that some of these guys are too prideful to do. Like we saw a guy like Steph who used to have like ankle injuries every year for this first couple of years of his career. He changed, he, he had to break down and change exactly how he would run, walk and everything so that it didn't happen later in his career and he was able to prosper off of it. Yeah. So let's get into the next bunch. So we'll go 16 to 20 now. And at 16, you have Trey Young. 17, you have Bam Adebayo. 18, you have Pascal Siakam. 19, you have Carl Anthony Towns. And 20, you have Devin Booker. So you seem to be real high on these Raptors. So let's hear what you got to say. Well, I am from Toronto, so I'm going to have nah, a little... That explains all that shit. <laughs> I'm going to have a little bias there. But um, for Pascal, like we just saw the Raptors have a pretty good season near the end there. Like they restarted to turn it on once guys got healthy. And they made a decent, they, they got knocked out in the first round, but they gave the Sixers a pretty good fight there um, with the lack of depth that they have. So I have to really credit credit their starters for that. And one of the main starters in that is Pascal. Um, so I, he does things on both sides of the courts. He's pretty versatile. He can play the four, he could play the five, he could play the three really as well. Um, and he's guarding those guys on the other end. He's not really guarding fives as well, but he's guarding like two through four pretty well. So I had to give him a pretty good bump there. He's their leading scorer. He is the guy that, that makes their team go, um, him and Fred Van Vliet. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's what certified Pascal in my top 20 there. All right. So now tell me about Bam, because I kind of like that, you know, he was in 23 and ESPNs, he's higher on your list. No bias, of course, but none at all. No, Bam, Bam, I had to credit his defense, man. He's guarding one through five legitimately. He was legitimately the best defender last year, no matter what the awards say. Um, so I had to give him the bump there. Also offensively, I think he's just being a little slept on. Yeah, he's not aggressive as we would like him to be all the time, but he's still averaging like 19, 19 points, like no problem. So I think he, I think you got to give him his respect there and recognize his two-way ability there. If he was not as hurt as he was last year with his, with his hand injury, I think he would have been an all-star, no problem, all NBA, no problem. So I think top 20 is a fine spot for him. He's also the third best big in the league. Um, so with that being said, he has to crack the top 20. 
it's it's so funny you know everybody complains bam's not aggressive bam's not aggressive yet he averages 20 the last what two three years yeah it's it's ridiculous like what do you want him to do average 40 yeah like we and but the thing is we've seen him we as heat fans have been spoiled because we we get to see these glimpses of him at, like scoring 35 30 plus and we see the full package of what he can do so i think us as fans just get a little frustrated that we don't see that all the time but every game calls for something different and for bam he's elite at figuring out what that thing is and providing it at the right time. So you have Trey Young at 16 and you have Devin Booker at 20. Is there a reason you have them that far apart? So for Trey, Trey is tough because I really don't like his defense whatsoever. Like you can be a poor defender. Like Jaws not a great defender either, but at least he's like giving effort and trying to do the right things at times. Um, for me, Trey, just there's just a lack of, of care for that side of the ball. And I also don't really see him doing much off ball. Now, on ball, he is one of the best point guards we have right now um, for shooting and playmaking. Um, and for Booker, I kind of view him kind of like I was talking about uh, Paul George, but with less defense. Like he's, you still kind of need the Chris Paul to kind of help him get to his spots and get him comfortable. Um, so that's what gave me the knock there. And I don't see him as good as as good of a defender as Paul George for me to bump him up as high to that level. Um, and I think Trey is just more of an engine. So I give him I give him more of a bump there. I think Carl Anthony Towns is perfectly ranked. My, I think I would probably swap Booker and Trey Young, but that's just because I hate Trey Young. I absolutely hate him. <laughs> I think he's ugly. I think he talks too much shit. And I'm never going to forget that one time, you know, he came to Miami, he said, game's over. Jimmy Butler looked at him, nodded his head, finished that thing off in like, what, 20 seconds? Yeah, it felt good. That was a good one. So let's wrap your top 25 up. Now we're going 21 to 25. At 21, you have Jalen Brown. At 22, you have Kyrie Irving. At 23, you have Drew Holiday. At 24, you have Fred Van Vliet, Toronto bandwagon. And at 25, <laughs> you have Zion Williamson. So let's break down that five. Zion was kind of a last minute addition. Um, I started to think about what he did when he was healthy. And I had to include him into the list because he is going to be healthy, healthy to at least start the year. So I have to t take that into consideration. Like his, his dominance on the interior is, is that of close to like Giannis as it was when he was healthy. So I have to at least his defense isn't there yet. And he still has some learning to do. He's still young and everything like that. So he can't go too far up the list. But I think at 25 is a, a good spot for him. And who knows, by the end of the season, he'll probably jump this list up if he continues his dominance that he left off with. Um, now with Kyrie and Drew, I found pretty hard to rate as well because I really respect Drew's two-way ability. And there was moments in their champion in the Bucks championship run where Drew really was really the guy for them to really kind of put them over the edge. You know, Giannis had his moments, Chris had his moments, but I thought Drew at the point guard position, what he was able to do defensively and offensively was really key to what they they were able to do. And to have a top 25 list with only one book wouldn't be right. So I had to get Drew in there. Kyrie is another tough one um, because we all know he doesn't really play much sometimes, whether it, do, whether it be injury, whether it be other issues. Um, but he is still an elite talent. Like he is a top like 10 talent in the league, but it, his issue is staying on the court, whether it be health or personal, personal reasons. So that's where I ended up with him. 
and Fred Van Vliet, yeah, same same as um same as Pascal. Um, they don't have much depth on that Raptors team, and they're able to be a really competitive team despite that. Fred being the the point guard for the team, doing it both ways, two ways. I had to give him the top twenty five nod there. We'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors here at the Playbook Sports Network, and that is Sneaker Pads. Sneaker Pads is a shoe company that will sell, trade, and buy your shoes to and from you. With hundreds of shoe options to choose from, such as Yeezys, Jordans, Dunks, and designer shorts, Sneaker Pads is your go-to shopping and retail brand. Need some extra cash? They will appraise your shoes and maybe buy them. Looking to trade shoes for shoes? Then Sneaker Pads is the move for you. I've been a buyer of theirs for years, and I will always come away feeling great about my purchases. Sneaker Pads operates in Broward County, Miami-Dade County, and Palm Beach counties. They conduct their business with shipping and in-person exchanges. Mention the Playbook Sports Network at your purchase and reach out to Sneaker Pads on Instagram at Sneaker Pads. And yes, that is two S's at the end. Remember, with Sneaker Pads, bills are temporary, but drip is forever. Killed that. So I just want to now get into some names of players that were left off this list. Yeah. We'll go one at a time, and I want you to explain to me why they were left off this list. Okay. First one, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell. Um, so Mitchell Mitchell was originally in the Zion spot until I, re- I remembered about Zion, really. Um, Mitchell, I... I don't love his playmaking. I don't love his defense. I think he has potential to be really good at both. And I don't love how he plays off the ball either. So this year for me is I'm going to be really watching to see how he improves on those, on, on those facets. Um, because right now I can't really justify putting him in when every guy in here has those things uh, taken care of. I think it's going to be really fun to actually see how he molds with this team. And if that team is good and he is the reason, I think we should definitely come back to this top 25 and reevaluate because Donovan Mitchell is top 25 talent, but can he show it now that he's in a better situation? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like, I really just need to see it happen. Like, he should be that. Like, he should fit in nicely with Garland and they should be a really dynamic duo. Um, And what he can do with Mobley too, like off pick and roll and all that type of stuff. And even Jared Allen. So, I need to see it come together. I need to see him buy in and I need to see him buy in on the defensive and defensive end as well to really uh, vault him into this top 25. Okay. So the next player is Bradley Beal. Yeah. Beal's another one where it's like kind of like Mitchell, where I just don't see it on the two. Like a lot of these players in my top 25, I'm going to favor defense unless your offense is like spectacular. Um which, you know, Beals can be at times, like he did average 30 points a game uh, once upon a time. But with the recent injuries that he's had and, you know, just not the not not the same aggression on the defensive end um, that he puts towards his or, or leadership even or playmaking. He mm-hmm. doesn't really show any of that stuff um, to a high enough level for me to put him at the top 25. He's still a really good player. He could still score the ball at a really high level. I also think his three-point shooting isn't what we really – think it to be like we think of Beal as like this amazing three-point shooter but he's just you know he's around he hovers around average a lot um he gets there by volume he gets to his points by volume so I want to see him tighten up some of that efficiency playmaking and defensive stuff for me to really put him into that top 25 
Now, this one's going to be interesting, and this is a rising superstar, and I think that when we do this list again next year, he'll definitely be in there. Anthony Edwards. Oh, yes. That is a good pull. Like that, That's one that I, I really wanted to sneak into this list. But again, yeah, he's just right. He's still rising. Him and Shy would be the two guys I'd really want to see, mm-hmm. see crack this. Um, but yeah, he's still rising. I think he has tremendous two-way ability. He is a phenomenal scorer. He gets to the basket. I just need to see him do it more uh, at this level for a full season. He t- he kind of turned it up and on during the season last year. He had like really good stretches and then he had some lulls. Um, so see- to see the consistency uh, this season would be nice to see. And I think, yeah, for sure, by, by the end of this year and the start of the next year, he should be in this top 25. So now the next two are both on the same team. So we'll start with Zach Levine. Oh, Zach. Zach, um, he's in that Bradley Beal uh, mold where it's kind of, he's a good scorer okay playmaker not a great defender so i need to see kind of those things all come together for him to be in that top 25 his his path for me would be something like something like booker like booker really started to tighten up that mid-range um he became a better playmaker he became better defensively um not as great defensively as i'd like him to see but he did improve in that in that spot so if Levine could do something similar to that, then yeah, he can he can crack that list. But the the guards are really tight in the top 25, so it'll be tough for him. Okay, so we'll go to DeMar DeRozan, who I know had that run in Toronto where he was just fantastic. Then he went to San Antonio and kind of fell off a little bit. And then he signed with Chicago, and he has been reborn. He was top five in MVP voting last year, I think. He took them to the playoffs, so why isn't he in your top 25? Like with the rest of the wings here, he's probably the only wing that I could see on this list outside of maybe Booker that is just not an elite defender. That's 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 really my knock on him. He could score, but then once you get to a playoff setting, there's always been ways to kind of scheme him out of his comfort zones. And we saw it when even Miami would play them in the season that when you have like longer, bigger wings or just a scheme that's focused solely to stop DeRozan, um, it's pretty easy to get him off of his, not pretty easy, but you can get him off his game. And he's not going to really provide much on the other end of the court to really warrant him being in that in that top 25 for me. But as a scorer, a flat-out scorer in the season, yeah, he's he's incredible. Like, he does some things that you just, you you remember Kobe doing. Um, but, you know, it's more than one side of the ball, and I need to see him do it in the playoffs. I've seen him fall far too many times in the playoffs for me to be fooled by it. And now one more, Brandon Ingram, young rising star. He's gotten comparisons to Kevin Durant, but he's another one that's very on and off. He Sometimes he'll go on spurts where he's averaging 30, and then sometimes he'll go on spurt where he can barely crack 15. So why isn't he on your top 25? With Ingram, I think for him, it's all about opportunity this year. Like I think meshing with CJ, Zion, and even Jonas – is a bit of a trick. I don't really see how he's going to get the proper usage for him to really show what he can fully do. Like there'll be times where like Zion has a game off or CJ doesn't play or something, stuff like that, where we will really see Ingram shine. Um, and I think that's where he shined last year as well as when, when he was kind of on his own and just with CJ, um, he, he did some really good things. I really like his game. Um, I just don't see how he's going to have enough usage um, to really put it together to get in the top 25 because he he's a guy that kind of needs the ball in his hands to kind of show what he can do. And last one, Omer Yurtsevin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He'd be there next year. 
All right. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So before I let you go, I want to get into one thing. You know, we're both Heat fans and there's been a lot of talk that the Heat haven't done anything this offseason. They're doomed. They're the second round exit. I want your opinion. What do you think the ceiling is for this Heat team? And then I'll go. Well, for me, I think the the way the East has panned out, I don't see why the, the Heat can't go back to the conference finals, to be completely honest. like. Yes, they lost P.J. Tucker, but I think the ways that Spoken utilize this roster can make up for that loss. I think P.J. was great defensively. He provided a lot for us on that end of the court, really freed up Bam and Jimmy to do what they like to do on the defensive end. But on the offensive end, I think there is a lot of room for us to be much better than we were last year. We're middle of the pack on half-court offense, and I think we could see that rise without having, to re- without having a guy like P.J. there just sitting in the corner and running – uh, dribble handoffs and split actions. So I think with the addition of like a healthier Oladipo and improved Talahero, I think we could see them do just as well as last year. I don't see why they can't. The four is a question, of course. The four is a question, but I'm not too concerned about that. There's not too many fours in the league that really scare me. Um, so yeah, I I, th- I could see them as a Eastern Conference Finals uh, team again. Like I, I I don't and once you're there, anything can happen. So I think this team could go back to the Eastern Conference Finals. They could, but I think a lot of things would have to go right. I think, you know, you're going to have to rely on maybe some other teams not playing up to expectations. You're going to have to anticipate a Tyler Hero leap again, Bam Adebayo another leap, Jimmy Butler staying healthy, Kyle Lowry staying healthy. You have to worry about Omar Yurtsevin contributing Gabe Vincent contributing Caleb Martin sliding into that PJ Tucker role which I think he can do but I I guess I just view it as a different even though it's the same roster I might just view it as a different team with the way that all these guys are coming in with different expectations like last year when the season started we had clear-cut roles of where everyone was going to be we knew the starting lineup before the season even started Um, this year we have no idea what that's going to look like so I think with that type of room to play for Spo, I think maybe maybe that's where I'm putting my faith in is Spo. I think Spo has a lot to play with, and I'm just really intrigued to see how he kind of uses that. He said something really good today, and he was like, "We want teams to catch up with us. We want to strike first, and I think that's what's good." And you hit the nail right there with Victor Oladipo. He's going to be an X factor to me because if he can come off the bench and he's going to show glimpses of what he used to be, it doesn't even matter that we lost PJ Tucker because he's just as good a defender. Let's be honest. Most of the most dominant players in the league now are guards and he can match up with guards. PJ Tucker. I do understand, you know, great defensively. He's one of those heart and souls of the team, but people are like, Oh, we lost our four. You know, he, He's like, what, 6'5"? So is Caleb Martin. So why can't – I don't understand why people think like, oh, Caleb Martin's going to be your forward doomed. I just don't understand it. But Yeah, exactly. And I think you, you nailed it there too. Like PJ last year, he guarded – especially when it came to playoff time, you saw PJ on like Trey. You saw PJ on like Harden. You saw PJ on a lot more of the guards. Like they Spo used PJ as like a point of attack guy, which, you know, PJ can do, but Oladipo is better at. So – uh, slotting him in defensively, I think I think we will be fine. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll be fine. I think 
highest we can be is the one seed. I think the lowest we can be is a four seed. I think we're going to be a very competitive four seed. We're going to be one of those four seeds that, you know, if you get us in the playoffs, you're going to lose sleep. Like you don't want to see us in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Yeah. All right. So that's all I got. Is there anything you want to say before I let you go? Um, no, that, that, that covers everything for me. Yeah. So contributor for playbook sports network. We glad to have you. You've been a great addition so far and we're going to do some great things. Hopefully by next week, playbook will have a nice announcement coming out. So let's fingers crossed on that. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to contribute. It's something I've wanted to do for a while. So yeah, I'm excited. All right. Go take care of your kids guy. <laughs> I'll try. All right. Have a good one. You too. Take care.